Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to my Wednesday edition of Sin's Chat Corner. Today, I'm very proud to announce that I'm going to be hosting Olga, and I'm going to say Z because I cannot pronounce her last name, who is, of course, a pet designer and excited for me to say that she's going to be participating in a pre-Oscar party this year. So without further ado, let's get Olga on the line and find out um, some information about her. Good morning, Olga. Hi. Hi, good morning. how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Oh, good. I, I am very excited to talk to you, actually. When Bridget approached me about this interview, I thought, oh, my God, I have a real live bona fide star coming on my show today. So I'm very, very <laughs> excited. This is wonderful. Yeah, I don't I, feel like a star, but I'm so excited, too. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is going to be absolutely lovely. And before I forget, you have to tell me, because I've been calling you Olga Z, because I'm afraid to try to pronounce your name. So how do you say it? It's Zabilinsky. It's like a Zabelinskaya. Zabelinskaya. I gotcha. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm not your Olga Z, no problem. Okay, perfect. That'll work out a little bit easier for you. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's okay. I have just a variety of different questions to kind of let people know who you are, because unfortunately, I'm not sure that everybody kind of knows what you do, where you're from, um, and so let's kind of get into a bunch of different things here. Um, mm-hmm. I know, obviously, that you're a derivative of Russia, of course. Um, yes. I wanted, I wanted to ask you, um, when did the time arise in which there, you decided that you had this great love of animals and wanted to pursue a career relevant to that passion? Uh, the first of all, I um, I started to groom dogs uh, in 2000, uh, 2003 when I came from Russia here and I didn't have any like a job that I have bachelor uh, degree in in engineering and then I finish almost finish my masters. So um, and when I came here, I started to do dog grooming and then uh, one day like 2000. I met Eda Nieves on a pet fashion week and I saw so many good designs for dog and I all all my life I need and I saw so I decided why not? <laughs> so oh, it's not so far ago. <laughs> and look at that actually. Did you um growing up, did you find that there were enough opportunities, like let's say per se in Russia, to embark on something like that, or was it more when you came to the United States that you discovered that you could become more of a professional groomer successfully here? Uh, the, when I left uh, Russia, that was, uh, it's not any, like, um, business, like a dog grooming. Some uh, dog breeders, they did their own uh, breeds, and they helped other people. It's It was just started. And when I came to America, I saw so many beautiful dogs that I didn't even know breed's name, and I didn't even know so they supposed to be groomed like that because it's it wasn't like that, like that in my country. But uh, here it also I see that they beautifully dressed, especially in New York City, and mm-hmm. they go to nice events. Most of them charity events to raise money for homeless animals, for shelters, for the animal rescues. So that it's it's a huge opportunity here in US. It, compared to other countries and believe me I travel so much, I see how people um love their dogs, how they spoil them, how they dress them. It's unbelievable. Sure, I imagine so. It's kind of overwhelming, I would think, because you would think, okay, we dress ourselves so fashionably, of course, and then 
looking through a dog <laughs> yeah. or a pet. It's like, wow, I can't believe that. I know what you mean. Um, I found it interesting because most people probably don't know that you are also um, fluent in Russian and Polish. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I have kind of kind of part of Polish in my um, like a family, but mostly Russian. But <laughs> okay, I've got you. Now, do you find that knowing, let's say, the Polish dialect, has that assisted you at all as it relates to your occupation? Have you needed to utilize that at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now, this is also interesting to me. I know that you had um, gained a formal education, meaning your schooling, of course, was one element being that you had completed law school. Um, was that one of your goals in life prior to doing what you're doing now, meaning you were going to have like a – some people have a fallback occupation, like let's say if dog grooming hadn't worked out for you. Was that something you were going to do at some point in your life? Um, well, no. I guess I find my niche. I like dogs, and I don't believe that I belong to any other because uh, in my country, when it's so many um, changes, when the Soviet Union broke, and I, I was working as an engineer in Soviet Army, and they, nobody needed us. Then I went to law school. I finished law school, and uh, it's also it's it's. It's still like it's not my field. I I cannot if if I need to change I wouldn't. I like I like the grooming dogs. I like do what I do now. I like dog fashion, uh, and I belong to that world. I've gotcha. And it sounds like you have quite the great passion for it, which I find so admirable, of course. Um, yeah, you're right. Do you, re- uh, do you remember the very first time that you performed grooming on a pet? Maybe you could explain to us what that experience was like the mm-hmm. first time you did this. Oh my God! It was uh, the first time I came. I came to the person who owned a small salon in New Jersey, and she actually. Uh, I I used to groom cats, and I used to help my friends to groom dogs, but I never did like professional groomer. And uh, that that my first dog was Golden Retriever. Her name is Montana. And she was so good for me, and I was enjoying to groom her. That it was mostly basic skills. I washed her, I did conditioner, I did her nails, ears, everything like supposed to be. And I saw some like you know like a funky pose, like a you know a little bit fuzzy. So I decided I see them on a picture, and they look like more smooth. So I trimmed that fur. And then when owner came, she gave me $20 tip. That was my first tip ever. And, uh, and a grooming salon, uh, grooming salon owner, she told me, oh, she never tip, but she told me that she liked what you do. And since that, I told myself I have to be the best. I have to do the, the best job for dogs because if first dogs were so successful, I can do it. Wow, look so, at that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find that um, you took uh, certain elements out of that experience, meaning your first time, you know, because I know the first time we do anything, there's a lot of nerves and there's a lot of maybe you're not as, as honed in practice as you are now. What did you take away from that experience that you think made you better um, at your craft now? Um, I wasn't nervous so much because I spent all my life with, life with animals with dogs, and we used to, like, uh, raise rabbits also. And um, But for now, um, I would stay with both fields. I would go with grooming, and I will go with fashion. And 
I'm really like you know com- confident in both skills. So it's it was I don't I don't I nervous when I compete, but I usually not nervous at all when I do like designs or I do grooming in a regular basis. I gotcha. Okay. Um, Bratella, how does a designer such as yourself um, create such the uh, variety of your products? I've looked at some of them and they're just amazing. Um, Maybe tell us what serves to be your process. What is your process relative to creating that attire? How do, from start to finish, how do you come up with something so amazing? Um, sometimes it just come uh, from from nowhere. I just I just seen that. Oh my God! I sometimes I go to the neat store, knitting store, and I see some nice yarn, and it's gotten to my uh, like head what I can do from that yarn. Sometimes I go to fabric store and I see beautiful fabric and I already know what I'm going to do. Uh, what's about like a, um, um, runways and or like a, events, we have to have follow one team. Like like now we're going to 90, 1920s party and it's very hard to do uh, dress in 1920s because um, dogs, they're not going on two legs, they four legs. So the old 1920s fabric, it's like, a, it's like um, silk and wrapping fabric. So we have to think about how to combine that style uh, with the fabric and apply to the dog structure. And that is hard work, but um, sometimes I see beautiful human dress like a red carpet dress or even baby dress. And I thought, oh, my God, it's going to be so cute on dogs. Sometimes for particular dog, we know they, how they look, they color, their personality. And I actually work about that personality of the dog. So it's all different ways. Okay. I think, I think so. Maybe would you say it's an accurate assessment because you have such a love of these animals that makes it easier for you to dress them in a, in, a, in a way, in a style that's not only good-looking, but is comfortable. Yes, enough. you're right. Absolutely wonderful. Great. Now, I found this to be an interesting question I came up with. Um, in the world of pet clothing design, because obviously there's fashion design, like I have friends who do fashion design for real humans, obviously, and I know that they always indicate to me that it's, it's so very, for lack of a better term, cutthroat, meaning there's so many out there and there's such competition. Do you find that in your industry as well? Yes. It's it's uh, it's uh, like the competition now. It's really big. Uh, that we like like next week. It's a fashion week in New York City, and right. it's about 25 pet designers coming, and they bring in their outfits. And all of us, we we think differently. We we create different designs. It's like it's amazing and a competition it's not like a real competition we're not competing against each other we actually compete together we create to make it like you know like dogs look more beauty to build that industry to rebuild that industry so uh, competition wise we not hate each other we just love to be together we love to give that our passion to pet fashion Gotcha. I understand completely. Um, is this type of clothing, do you think, um, and you would know this best, obviously, I was curious if it's not only comfortable for a pet, but also safe for them to wear, because um, I don't know the parameters of what you use material-wise. Are, are these things um, comfortable and safe for them? 
Yes, you're right. We always think about it. Yeah, actually, like recently, I post, um, I went to Facebook and I post that, um, like, um, my a question about how designers uh, think about safety and how about also cleaning, washing pet clothes. Uh, it's not a big problem for us because not everybody dress their dogs and most people who dress them, they actually already know how to, um, how to check if it's, um, if it's me- measurements right in it, or like if it's not uh, dangerous for animals. For example, if we use beads or little like, you know, like um, uh, sequins or something, we have to sew it really good. And uh, anyway, dogs cannot be unsecured, cannot be unleashed, and uh, the, uh, owners have to keep eye on dogs if they weren't dressed. You know, like a fancy dress, like maybe with a longer trunk. Uh, for every day, if I design like a harness for or a sweater for cold weather for every day, we're just going to measure um, like uh, chest and neck and length of the dog, and then we go with that and make it a little bit bigger so the dog feel comfortable. They can walk. And it's also they're not going to choke. So it's always go around the not neck, around the chest. So that is more safety for more safe for dogs. But it's also owner's responsibility. Oh, certainly, of course. So I'm gathering then if I'm getting what you're telling me right, is there an individual or like an entity or organization that basically monitors this so as to ensure the safety of the animals? I would think about animal control, uh, and uh, uh, it's also it's all different organization. But um, it's actually they not they they try to question dog design, but it's always it's always like a um, two sides of the one question. Of course, it's if it's cold, we have to dress dogs because most owners walk dogs. Uh, concern about the beauty pageant. It's only for a couple minutes. It's not for every day. So that is only for red carpet, for runway, or for, like, party when we hold dogs and we always keep eyes. So I, I believe that it's absolutely safe for dogs to wear the dresses. And if somebody can question, I always can give them answers how, how we protect our animals, how we um, our pet owners to take eye on, like keep eye on the dog all the time. So it's, of course, it's some kind of border, and everybody can question us, but i never been pursued some any, like, organization and nobody um, asking questions about safety. Sure, that's kind of what I figured, of course, because we want to kind of throw that out there to individuals and let them know that, hey, you know, even though this is a dressy material and that sort of good stuff, that it is certainly safe for them to be utilizing as well. Um Mm-hmm. Now, not surprising to your character, I presume that uh, you obviously lend your heart, I know, to various animal charities, um, some being like the 11th Hour Rescue and, of course, Yorkie 911 Rescue. Um, yes. Now, how do, you, how do you feel that the work that you've done through them, let's say, has helped to make you better in terms of a person or perhaps as a businesswoman? Um, like what I do now, I collect all my tips from my grooming. When I groom dogs and people want to tip me, I always collect it. 
and I try to um, give that money to any organization. Like last year, I I did it so many. Um, um, I give so many money to charities and for rescue organizations. It's over two thousand dollars last year. And I also work with um, North New Jersey Bichon Rescue. And I feel um, every person has to do it because it's actually part of giving. And if we give more, we gain more. And that is, that is a human, and a human supposed to, human people, human supposed to share because who else going to protect animals and who else going to help them? So I feel that I'm do good job, and it's um, I like I like everybody can help animals, Absolutely all businesses wonderful. too. Terrific. Now, for those that are listening that don't know, of course, Olga is the owner of Elite Pet Spa and Boutique, and I know that you also serve on the Mayor's Alliance for New York City Animals, as well as yes. a member of the uh, International Pet Groomers Association and National Dog Groomers Association of America. Yes, correct. Um, Maybe enlighten us as to the journey in how you became the CEO of your business, um, as well as how you became affiliated with the mayor's office. Um, I would tell you that um, I like to when when we go in to help animals, and uh, I like when it's um, like for example the mayor alliance. They always do charity events and always invite people, and we buy in tickets, and we donate some goods, and we donate some services. So it's actually uh, like uh, I know how many animals die in the shelters every day, and especially New York City, such a huge city, and um, not all people friendly with dogs. So they that organization educate, that organization help animals, educate people, Safe animals, and um, someday I believe we're not gonna see any straight animals on the New York in New York City, and it's also, um, you know, you know I always feel bad when I see it's when it's cold now like that like that now. I just want to help that animals when I see on the street. So any kind of organization, uh, human society, mayor alliance for animals, and uh, rescue pet rescues. They um, they do such a great job, so everybody is supposed to help them. Certainly. And then uh, did you have years of varying experiences as it was relative to dog grooming before you made the actual decision to say, I'm going to open up this pet spa, or how did that come about? Uh, when I started to work in somebody else's place, it's always going not the way that I like. Um, a lot of a lot of dogs, not a lot of good groomers, not a lot of groomers at all in the shops. So the dogs sit and wait forever there, and they bark and they feel uncomfortable. So when I decide to open my shop, I told that I know what exactly I wanted. I decided it's going to be not a big shop, and we only can do. Uh, five, six dogs a day for each groomer, and as soon as dog groomed and done uh, for the service, they should go home. And uh, we keep it very quiet. We keep uh, we have TV for dogs. They're all dryers. It's we we do hand drying. We use warm towels. We do spa service. So dogs don't have like so much time spent in in the cages. 
they always in between like a wash and dry and grooming, nail clipping, spa service, and then they go home. So now I have so many dogs come to my salon and they walk tail and they all, they love me. And I feel so happy because when I see tail down and unhappy face, I feel that I didn't give something good for that dog. And I'm trying to find the ways that I can improve my business and I can make dogs so happy. Certainly, of course. And just to let everybody know, of course, the Elite Pet Spa offers different pet spa packages, I know, as well as full-service grooming. Um, Regarding the boutique side of things, because I know there's a boutique on the inside of your facility as well, um, is that inclusive to just pet uh, clothing and pet toys, or do you have specialty, particular specialty items you offer as well? Uh, for, for the grooming service, it's all kind of spa packages. Like for now, we have um, February, it's a month of pet um, uh, oral care, so we do a free teeth brushing, and um, then it's also the now it's a lot of salt on the street, so we actually we actually do massage with a paw balm and to keep that uh, pet paws very soft and um uh, because now it's really like I see a lot of a lot of feet and also um we uh, we always do extra something for dog when dog come to our salon, we see how skin works, how the coat. If it's dull, we have to do extra moisturizing uh, cream or hot spa, or even we do uh, Dead Sea Mud Spa for dogs. So that it's not not uh, about the money. Sometimes if we need to do, we do it without charging extra. We not diamond, you know, penny people. We just we just do the right service for the dog, and it's also giving extra for free uh, because wow. that is. That it's not kind of, you know, like we have a price and it's only like a nail and wash. No, nail and wash, it's not only uh, a service included in the grooming, even for short hair. It's it's extra. It's a double shampoo, it's conditioner, and it's a massage, and it's a facial. We do blueberry facial every dog. We clean ears. We check anal glands. We do the all, uh, like, you know, the, the complex of the service. So... So dogs supposed to feel better after that. It's just not a rush for brush service for money. It's a little bit more for me. Oh sure, of course, and I imagine that it's enriching and rewarding to you personally, as well as being in a business, of course, which is what I like to see yeah. people who have that passion. It's absolutely amazing. How wonderful. Um, now, occupationally, I know that you're considered to be a certified massage groomer and um, part of the uh, Groom Team USA. No. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. To serve as further icing on the cake, I'm just going to toot your horn a little bit and list some of the awards that I know that you've received in the past. Um, I know in 2010 you were the Cardinal Capital Award winner, also the American Groomer of the Year Award, and various grooming competitions, obviously. Um, Yes, correct. Undoubtedly, all must be special to you because, of course, I know when you win an award, it's amazing. Um, But is there one that held special significance to you and perhaps why? Excuse me, can you, it was it was lost signal. Can you tell me again oh, no, the last okay. question? Um, I was going to say, undoubtedly, as we all know, anytime one receives an award, it's quite special to them. But I wonder, out of all these accolades, is there one in particular that maybe holds more special significance to you, and why? 
Oh, that it was uh, Lynn Carver, uh, all best all-around groomer in 2009. Uh, Lynn was the very uh, famous, very professional groomer in our world, and we lost her. She died. So oh. after uh, after her, we have that award that best all-around groomer. That means that. A competitive groomer compete whole whole year, go to different American competition, and uh, it's not only with one dog and one breed. It should be we should groom uh, at least three dogs to to receive best all around groomer in the show. We have to compete and place, and uh, the most uh, most points they got in a show going to best all around groomer. For example, if I compete with Poodle, with Pichon, with a Terrier, and with a Spaniel, so it's a four breeds, and I I place in every single class, like first, second, and third place. So the all combined points going to best all around. So that uh, award means that I compete many times during the 2009, and I gain so many points so and i won best all uh, so many times best all around so that was really really the um, for me in 2009 best all around groomer of the year gotcha okay um do you feel in your industry that it's difficult to achieve this level of success do you think the average person it's it's difficult for them I think so because uh, it's not about talent only. It's about also the working a lot, learning a lot. Because we never stop learning. Every day I get again something new, technique, um, uh, some new scissoring technique, some hand stripping technique, uh, holding dog holding dog behavior uh, like uh, working with dog behaviors everything new but uh, to be a very successful groomer competitive groomer uh, we go into many private lessons many seminars we look we watching dvds we go into the dog we go into the grooming competition and it's also plus talent but i guess it's like a 24/7 non-stop we think about that sometimes before competition I have dreams and my husband telling oh my god you're grooming again stop grooming during the night and I have that all dreams all the time so it's it's passion and talent and it's a lot of a lot of hard work sure I imagine so definitely and a lot of your heart and a lot of your devotion and dedication of course because animals are not like oh, yes. people as you know um, yes, yes not going right. to I'm going to guess that for the many reasons that we cited earlier, you were given, of course, the honor of presenting your fashions at a pre-Oscar event at L'Hermitage, that'll be in Beverly Hills from the 19th to the 21st. Um, yes. Tell me, what was your initial reaction? How were you alerted to the news? Oh, my God. When uh, when the company called me that they invited me to go to Oscar, uh, I and they told me I'm not supposed to tell anybody um, before they confirm it, so they asked me if I will go. I was like, "Oh my God, I will go!" I that is that is a dream. That is dream come true. That it was so uh, so excited news, and I almost start cry. And then I told, "Okay, I'm gonna hold it up." I went to my friends and I told them I have 
such a great news, but I cannot talk about that now. So then a week later, then they have confirmation from the sponsor because it's also a lot of money involved. And they, they post on the Facebook that uh, here's the news. So Olga going to ask us to present all that designs to celebrities. And I can I can breathe. Then after after that I can breathe out. I can tell <laughs> I start to work, and I and also they want me to bring that uh, collection from um, a charity event in Philadelphia, and most of my design was were sold by that time. So I have to create again the like a copy, like a replica of that, and I. I get out of fabric of some, you know, like uh, embellishments, like, you know, like beads, uh, sequins, uh, pearls. It's all different. It's all uh, the old material we use. And I have to go to New York City. I have to go online to shop for that again. And sometimes you couldn't find because it's I use sometimes uh, like vintage um, lace. So that was, was exciting news, but it's also a lot of work involved again. Last three nights, I almost didn't sleep because I um, was in rush. I have to finish all that project before I go into Oscars. But that is it's really, really dream come true. Oh, I imagine so, definitely. Can you maybe give us a, a rundown or maybe a small peek in terms of what you think you're going to showcase um, at the Oscars? Uh, the, the one, it's uh, from... Um, my collection called Winter Garden. That it's a platinum dress. It's the fabric. It's so homemade. I made myself because I combine uh, three kind of fabric to create my own because I couldn't find anything that I want to find. So I have to cut some flowers from one fabric to attach to the other. I have to. I handmade my uh, silk roses. And um, the other one is going to be the, of course, wedding dress, of bridal dress, and it's uh, all white uh, organza silk and uh, chiffon, and the all flowers made my, I made myself, and uh, a lot of beading, a lot of uh, the hand sewing. Uh, it's like it's like maybe one week of work on one little tiny, like it's for chihuahua size. So it's a one week. Oh my goodness! Work. Oh my gosh! Look at that! My goodness gracious! And is there? Um, I know this is an ignorant question to those of us who don't attend Oscar-ish sort of parties. Do they have a standardized sort of oh the color of the year for the Oscars is going to be so and so and so and so or some protocol that you need to follow relative to this or no? Mm, no, they didn't tell us anything. Uh, it's just it's just to present collection and. Uh, uh, the uh, agency who invite me, they just want the same collection from my charity event. And also I want to add a little bit more red carpet dresses, so like a little bit longer gowns and a little bit more colors. So I'm always look how celebrity uh, dressed out for the for events. And, um, of course, I have some secret dresses I don't want to share before that, but I will show you after. Oh, absolutely wonderful. How exciting is that? Now, for you personally, I wanted to ask, what are you most looking forward to pertaining to obviously being at an Oscar-selated party? I mean, what do you think is going to be your highlight? I mean, what? I mean, I can't even imagine. It must be so exciting, the kind of people that you're going to meet. I mean, what are you looking forward to most? I just, uh, you know, my little dream, I just want to dress some dog for movie, and uh, I want to 
show people how we can do, what kind of dresses we can do. But my biggest, I want to do some red carpet fashion show maybe in L.A., so Beverly Hills, we're not going to think about the human dresses only, but it's also about the old pet fashion world. And we have a lot of good designers, so maybe someday we combine together and do the huge, huge fashion show, and everybody can see everybody can see it on TV. So it's every designer dream, and I want oh, to course. achieve it. I want to get it. Oh, my God, how exciting is that? Look at that. And I'm guessing that you're probably going to be privy to meeting all these celebrities and stars. How are you feeling about that? Um, it's I'm excited. I'm just I'm just uh, I see so many celebrities have dogs, and some of them dress dogs, and some of them just don't have have no idea about uh, that we exist. So it was a, it's where a, a lot of designers who decorate their dogs, so who dress dogs. So I want just bring um, some new ideas for them, and I'm. I'm making some gifts for them, of course. For example, if they have a huge uh, golden retriever, they wanna they wanna dress them in tutu or some like you know like funky dresses. But they maybe scarf or maybe some necktie or maybe even hat or maybe even bandana. All this works, mm-hmm. and maybe someday we can do matching for mom and for dog. Um, but uh, celebrities, it's always, it's, uh, I used to work with them, and uh, sometimes it's very hard to work, but most of them, very friendly people, and most of them pet lovers, so I hope that it's going to be work for me and for them really good. Wonderful. That sounds terrific. Exciting, of course. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for you, and I don't even know you too well yet. I'm like, oh my god, how exciting is this? Amazing. Yeah. And testament to your talent, of course. Um, I wanted to take a minute to recognize the fact that, despite you and I, I'm in Wisconsin, of course, and you hailing from New York and New Jersey. I couldn't remember if you were on the cusp or not. I'm from New Jersey. Uh, I'm in, in my my shop in Madison. New Jersey, it's a Morris County, so it's like a, it's north part of Jersey, but very close to the city. And we have such a good good town, such a good customer, such a good neighbors. So we we part of the small community, but we have all kind of animals around, and we have a really really friendly town. Oh, definitely, I imagine so. I, I found it strange. I was looking at um, your profile today, and I thought, oh my gosh, not only do I know your um, Publicist Virgin, we are friends, of course. I'm friends with Lee Merrill, Valerie Krusewicz, Ace Humphrey, and Lisa Marino Dickinson, which I know that you're friends with as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And I know you did the fashion um, relative to the 2012 Eagles show. Um, now, mm-hmm. did you have working relationships with all these gals, or how did you kind of get into the circle? I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me. It's, it's start to break. I'm sorry for my phone, but... Uh, oh no, that's okay. I, I wasn't sure. I was talking about all these mutual gals that we know, and, and relative to the 2004 Angels show, did you originally have working relationships with, let's say, Lisa Marino? Because I know she was at the Angels show. Um, oh, the, how my, did that come the, about? my beautiful. Yes, I, I know my beautiful angel on the stage. I know she's a wonderful woman. <laughs> she helps kids, and uh, and you know that was a shaking moment when i got when i got my hand in the angel head 
if you you see that pictures you will you will know that Lisa is such a big hard woman she is such a helpful person and she is a real angel so when i met her before and i met her on that angel show she was dressed as an angel and she looks like a real angel and she walked me on a stage it was my first fashion show and I was shaking, but as soon as she gave me a hand, I feel like relaxed, enjoy. I feel so good. I guess it's her personality. I guess it's just like her heart and her, you know, the warm atmosphere around her. I just love her. She is such a great human person. Oh, definitely so, I would say. Now, um, were you well-received at the show, meaning do you think that doing those types of events has definitely helped to get your business out there in a more public fashion? Uh, it's Probably, it's. I would say yes, it helps, but uh, that, is, uh, that is mostly for human society and it's for the... It, the old charity for dogs. So I wasn't thinking about to uh, to big to build my business on that show. It's more to help animals. It's more to help the animal control of, of Philadelphia to get the new track because they only have one track and they have to go. in Philadelphia, it's a big city, so you know the to animals in one part of the city and then they call, they call they have emergency call from the other part they have to go so they have only one truck so that that was the the main uh, reason of that show the goal was to get the money to help them to get another uh, truck and uh, to help that animal control works better and I wasn't thinking about my own business at all. Uh, that that is my passion, and that is my part of my heart to help that animals, to help that people. Of course, it's it's brought some um, recognition. It's it brought a little bit more business. People like me. People order some dresses after that. I sold, I, as I told you, I almost sold all collection after that show. Uh, but um, but for me, it was really charity event. It's not for business. Oh, certainly so. And do you think that you'll find yourself involved in more of these over time, do you think? Yes. You're right. Okay. Absolutely wonderful. Terrific. Well, the last question that I wanted to ask you, of course, pertains to uh, an area that I really don't have much knowledge about, which is, of course, let's say um, dogs and dog grooming, because we have a hamster in my house. That's pretty much the extent of my petting here in the home. Um, I wonder if you can tell the listening audience or individuals, maybe just give them you know, your best shot or your best tip as it relates to proper care and grooming relative to animals? Um, I always give suggestion. Uh, if you going to groomer, um, just think about that dogs are dogs, and they not stay for us like uh, like we stay for our hairdresser, so it's a little bit difficult to groom most of them. Uh, and uh, then in between appointments, just try to uh, also brush them regularly and uh, keep eye on, on their feet. Maybe they have some problems with the feet because they're walking in the city, they're walking on a, that salt now, and sometimes summertime it's a very hard surface and uh, and it's also really hot. So. 
just pay attention, uh, pay attention to the skin, pay attention to the, to the coat. If you see some problems with the coat, sometimes you can call your groomer and tell what you see. A lot of groomers, they're very educated uh, if, if it's coming to the skin and coat. And sometimes we know, because we see your dogs more often than doctors, sometimes we know your dog behavior more. So I always ask, trust your groomer. And the other reason, if you're not going to groomer, if you do, if you groom your dogs yourself, please use the best shampoo you can afford. Always look at the label. Uh, always look at say, it should be natural products. We have so many inexpensive natural products for dogs. So use shampoo and use conditioner. Don't use human shampoo with different pH balance. Uh, they, their skin more more sensitive than human skin. So that is kind of um, precautious. So buy the best shampoo, best conditioner. File nails. If you do file, regular human file once a week, your dogs would never have long nails. You're never going to scratch your floor, never going to scratch your skin, your baby's faces, like that, because it's a lot of problem. And it's also uh, check their ears because a lot of dogs have ear problems. So then if it's you do regularly, check up on your dogs. And if file nails, if you wash them, don't worry, you can wash your dogs once a week. Just use good condition and just the, wrap them in a towel and dry them carefully. They're not going to die for often wash. Then they will smell good. Then will look good. Then will uh, they feel good, and you will see beautiful animal uh, in your room. So that is kind of all about grooming. It should be regularly. It should be done for your dog. Even short, even Chihuahua, they need wash. They not wild animals. They like human now, and we have so many good products in the pet industry you can use. Google. Search, ask questions, ask for help. People, some people know more, some people do less. So always try to educate yourself about your dogs. So grooming is very important process. Oh, I imagine so. And then, of course, I, I'm going to take the presumption here that you have individual pets yourself that you groom in your own home. Oh. And yes, I have five dogs. I have two wow. standard poodles, which they are eight years old. I have one eight years old toy poodle, and I have two years old toy poodle, and I have Bichon. And of course, they have fancy names. It's a Tiffany, Gucci, Dior, Grace, and Giba. <laughs> so wow. it's all about the fashion. Oh my goodness gracious! Now, do they get to go to the Oscar thing with you, or are you leaving them at home? Uh, probably Gucci will fly. Gucci is my professional model. He always works as a model. He is my greeting person in the shop, and he's going to every charity event. He's older. He will behave, and uh, he will fly with me. Um, the other animals are supposed to wait, but my husband and my daughter, they take care of them, so they, I will see them. I come home, and they always first first person who greet me in the door. It's always dogs. So I will miss them, but I cannot take him, all of them with me. Oh, my goodness gracious. And will your husband be able to take the trip with you, or does he not want to? <laughs> no, he's, he has, 
you know, he's not allowed to go. And my daughter, she's in the eighth grade, so she going to school, so my husband taking care of her. But they usually go to every event around. We travel a lot, we a whole family, and my family is very helpful. And Elizabeth also helping me to brush and wash dogs, and my husband taking care of all my accounting. So we really good family. That's absolutely amazing. Now, I just got to say here, I, I'm wondering, because you have the five dogs at home and you do this as a profession, does it ever get overwhelming? You come home and think, I'm going to take my own dogs to a groomer. I mean, I guess I just wonder if you're just so overwhelmed. No, they they really calm. We walk them. We have backyard, so they go in on the backyard, and we usually walk them like four or five times a day. Uh, so they very quiet. They they bark only if somebody come and I don't see. So the big dog show me that somebody in my property, on my property, and little ones they very friendly, and I also spend a lot of time to teach them how to like be good manners. So they very well behave. They don't interrupt uh, people. They. Always they know their place, they have their couches, they have their own places, own toys, and, and they never fight, they never try to um, bite somebody. Uh, they very well behave animals. Um, sometimes okay. it's very calm at home, so I, it looks like we don't have anybody. <laughs> Hard to imagine with the life that you have, my goodness gracious. Now, before I forget, I wanted to remind everyone, obviously I know that you have a Facebook presence because that's how I initially met you. I know your website is www.groomstyleusa.com. Is there anywhere else that they can find you on the Internet or otherwise to reach out to you? I, um, I'm working on my new project. It's, it's uh, my, um, my fashion um, website. It's going to be uh, Elite Boutique. Uh, like a pole, like a dog pole. So it's not a boutique, it's elite boutique. And it's in process now, but you can find me on Etsy shop. It's elite boutique on Etsy. You can find me on a Facebook. It's elite pet spine boutique on a Facebook. Or my name, Olga Zabilinska on a Facebook. But you can find me in a pet fashion show on um, this coming Friday in Pennsylvania. And it's also in Hotel New Yorker on Sunday, oh, I'm sorry, Saturday, we have um, like a Dog in Santiara's um, red carpet show and uh, Sunday brunch. I, do, uh, I go into a lot of pet charity events, and you always can find me. If you have any question regarding grooming pet fashion, you can ask me. You can email me. It's a info at groomstyleusa.com. You can send me a picture. You can send me questions. I'm, I'm friendly. I'm always answering every question. Oh, my goodness, Olga. I have to say, I've, just, I've found our time together to be absolutely wonderful. I think you're charming. I think you're very sweet. I, I adore you. and admire your passion. I'm crossing my fingers that um, I will see pictures, at least, since I won't be at the Oscars, of course, pictures of all of your work and, and really, really hoping that it gets taken and very well received, of course, in any and all events that you do. And I, of course, certainly want to thank Bridget uh, O'Brien, obviously, because she helped to orchestrate getting us together. And certainly, I would love to give you an open invitation to come back anytime and come and visit us. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Very nice to talk to you. Yes, thank you, dear. You take care. We'll be talking soon. 
Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that was my exclusive interview with Olga. I'm going to say Z because I cannot pronounce her last name, unfortunately. Because she is Russian, she has a little bit of a longer extended name. So, of course, I obviously, after every interview, post on my Facebook page and my show page relative to who I was speaking to. So I will get you a link to get a hold of her. Again, www.groomstyleusa.com. And as uh, Olga had mentioned, certainly if you have any questions pertaining to pet fashion or grooming or the like, You could certainly reach out to her on either of those endeavors as well as visiting her Etsy show. Before I go, I wanted to make uh, two points here. First of all, for those of you that live in the Milwaukee area that are looking for things to do this evening, certainly um, my hands-down pick, which is where I will be, and hopefully my dear friends, the Andersons, along with uh, my two favorite Michaels in the world, we're headed over to a place called The Packing House. The lovely and talented Tracy Hanneman, who of course usually sings lead vocals for the Eddie Bus Band, will be doing a very rare solo performance um, from the hours of 6 to 10 at the Packing House. And for all of you who don't know, my very, very kick-ass, very cool country-like uh, rockabilly, as I call him, gentleman, Matt Tyner, is going to be out and about playing this evening, and that's at the Art Bar at 722 East Burleigh, and I believe that starts at either 8 or 9 o'clock this evening. For information on him, go to www.mkecarpetbaggers.com. And, of course, Tracy Hanneman's, if I can talk, mainstay gig, which is the Eddie Butts Band, which is www.eddiebuttsband.com. Last thing I want to mention before I go this evening, or this evening, I'm okay today, (laughs) this morning, is I am very, very honored and very excited. Tomorrow's show, hosting at 10 a.m., going to be speaking to a lovely talented, amazing Heather Robinson. To those of you who don't know, Heather Robinson is an individual who is the CEO and president of the Robinson Network. Robinson Network tries to prove to be a charitable organization which has a combination of both professional athletes as well as celebrities together under one banner, with their goal being to collectively lend their names to worldwide causes and various charity events. And moreover, of course, for those of you who don't know, her husband is that guy, which is a retired NBA veteran, which is Clifford Robinson. So we're going to talk a little bit about shop. We'll talk a little bit about family, fashions. We have, again, a a plethora of mutual friends. So I'm really excited to be hosting her. That's going to be 10 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow. So, again, I want to say thank you so much to everybody that took the time to listen in. And certainly um, I look forward to talking to you all tomorrow morning. Take care and have a good day.